Roraconda has over 200 new and almost 50 pre-owned vehicles waiting to be test-driven. The Pilot is the largest size Honda vehicle, combines with nimble handling to make for a smooth drive, no matter these weather conditions. Both the Honda Pilot and the Honda Ridgeline are great for driving in the snow, which we've had a little bit of a, a at this bit. point, right? But as always, visit Rorick.com for all of your vehicle needs. And you should know about the Pilot. I know. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> and now we start this week's Jagoff podcast, Crafting. Yeah, at Borden Brush. This is going to be scary. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word Jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or... Here's how Pittsburghers define a word jag off. When someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jag off! Or someone scares the f- out of you. Yeah, jag off! Or it's a term of endearment. How you been, jag off? This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richards. This is Kevin Wild Bill. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. Hi, this is Rocky Blair. Hey, it's Rick Sevak. Hi, this is Greg Brown. Hi, I'm Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes. And this is the Jag Off Podcast. So this is the Jag Off Podcast, and again, this week, we're always at some place different. Yeah, we're always And uh, this is really different. This is like taxing for you because it's <laughs> crafting. My daughter was like so confused on why I was coming here. <laughs> she said, is Sean crafting? <laughs> like pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So we'll see. But we're, we've been told that people have come here who can't craft at all and they've left. And you like, walk off looking like a genius. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So we'll so, see. If you're listening to the podcast for the very first time, we appear here every week on your radio.com uh, subscription app. Yep. And, uh, and it goes up on KDK Radio's website every Monday around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then on yajagoff.com every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. And then when, when there's not a podcast, there's a blog. There is a blog every day, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we've also started our Monday six-minute fix. Right. So we have to make sure people listen to that. That's sponsored by the Rorik Honda system. So pretty cool. Right. So what was on the blog this week? We talked uh, a couple of jagoffs on the blog were the fact that uh, Giant Eagle receipts. Everybody used to joke about the CVS receipts, right? And now Giant Eagle has edited that. And Robin, who we met. uh, Oh, Robin Mullen. Yeah. And she said, well, have you seen the Giant Eagle receipts yet? And she's right. So we posted the Giant Eagle receipts because here they are. Worrying about plastic bags. But getting rid of plastic bags. (laughs) In the meantime, we're killing trees. Right, right, right. And then obviously we talked about toilet paper points, which are always right. So I was in a, questions, right. right? I was in a hotel, and you know how they point the toilet paper to make it look nice when you check into a room, right? Well, the problem is the toilet paper only had like five squares on the roll. So you so still why point take the time to point it, change the stupid? Yeah. I feel like I was with my kids at the hotel. Yeah, right. And then obviously I did the uh, sock spoons and collars. Basically, it was a rough week at the Rennebeck house, and all of my complaining was on the blog. So anyway, <laughs> right. they lose everything. I'm tired of it, and they're all grounded. When I and walk <laughs> into your house and your kids don't have their phones, I know you've written a blog. Oh, you right? don't even know. Yeah. And then Valentine's Day, we talked about Zachary's mission, near and dear to our hearts. What a life changer that was. It's a tearjerker, and I'm not going to get into it now because <laughs> I will cry at Board and Brush. But, but either basically, way, go to check their website and check mission. out Babies First yeah, because that for was sure. the program they were executing. That's that it. Day. All right. So where are we going to be? We're we are going to be at Melanie Taylor's Fireplace right. from Star 100.7 on Sunday next right. week. And then after that, we're at Jay from Mazda's Fireplace right. the following Sunday. So that's going to be lots of fun. The and that will conclude thing? our Fireplace tour. But what's super cool is we had somebody here say, hey, don't forget about me for the porch tour. So guess right. what? Jandy Waterproofing will be back again right. with our porch tour. Exactly. So. so, all right. So let's talk about this week's podcast. We came crafting. As we're recording this, Jeff Frazilla, Colin, and, uh, and uh, Corey, Corey are sanding, and they distressed wood. And uh, which means they just, there was a lot of noise in here just Lots before Lots of noise, this. yeah. So they bang stuff against the wood to distress it. Now they're sanding it. And you were right in the middle of sanding and you said, I think I need to do a podcast so I don't have to do this, this anymore. This is not my jam, right? right? <laughs> I want to see the finished product and I will hang it proudly, but I am not the person to do it. So. So right. I'm anxious to see it, though. This is lots of fun. Yeah. And we're going to talk to Leona next so that she could tell us just about it. And when you listen to the music this week, it is... Yes, I cannot wait for the music. We've heard nothing but great things. So it's Justin Fabus. He's releasing Forever I Do. It was released on Valentine's Day. You make love easy. You make love true. things happen for us that we're so lucky that they sort of just turn out. Right. So our good friends at Barrels to Beethoven 
had too much going on because they're doing this fundraiser and they need all the time they can get to prepare. Totally understand. Right. It's a good thing. So we turned to my new friend, Leona, <laughs> who didn't know she was going to be my friend. My, my, my Leona. Leona. Yeah. But little did she know that since our sons have been friends for like 12 years, I had to call on her and say, guess what? I heard your new place is pretty cool and we're coming there to do a podcast. And she said, okay. So here we are at Board and Brush. Welcome, Leona. Well, thank you. We're very happy to have you Was here. that a good intro? Isn't that how it happened? It was. That is how it happened. I know. I strong-armed you and you said, all right, just come. But what I love is we're standing amidst all this crazy like talking and banter and God bless you. It's a sellout. It's And Jeff Rizzillo, when he came in, he said, this place is busy all of the time. We are. We've been very, very lucky. So we opened a year last November, um, and holiday season we knew would be busy, but it has continued through January and February. And, um, you know, for us, it's not just about what you're making here. It's really about the experience that you have. Right. So you get three hours away from everything, and you're working on something that you really want to be great. So you can forget about your kids and forget about your job and forget about all those things that you've got going on and just... Do something fun for three hours. So the place is called Board and Brush, Brush, and we're watching Corey, and we're watching Jeff, and they've just stressed their wood. They're staining their wood now, and kind of cool. But what made you think of doing this? Just looking for a a business. Right, but but why this business versus opening up a pet grooming or whatever? Were you a crafter? What made you go this way? I actually do not have a crafty background. How about Um, that? I have a business background. So I graduated from Pitt in 2001. Previous to that, I grew up in Lancaster County in eastern PA. I hear the Lancaster. Um, Do you hear it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, a little bit of it's in there. (laughs) You didn't shake it yet. (laughs) But like everyone else, I got to Pittsburgh, and then I just couldn't leave. That's what happens here, right? Yes. Um, So I have a restaurant general manager background, so I knew the business. And a girlfriend of mine that I went to high school with has actually a couple of these in eastern PA, kind of in the Philadelphia area, more towards Delaware. Um, and I stalked her Facebook page for a few months, and I said, this looks fun. It looks like something I could do. There were none in Pittsburgh. Um, I knew I could run the business. I didn't necessarily have a crafty background, but that's what my staff is for. And I picked up the craftiness along the way. So you can ask them. Some of my projects at the beginning were definitely not nearly <laughs> as good as my projects now. That's why we have Colin working on ours, because we're short I like that you, you distress the wood. You basically bang on the wood with ornaments and things. Yeah. So that with if you screw up later, Don't it already sets. ornaments sets, and things. But chains it, and screws. Right. Chains and screws. Yeah. But it's already setting it up. So if it looks like crap, it doesn't matter because... It's already stressed, you can say. Right, right, right. 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 So our projects are meant to be a rustic farmhouse. Okay. So we don't want it to look like something brand new that you just bought. We want it to look a little old, like it was out in the garage for a while and then you found it. Yeah, Yeah, shabby Um, chic. Exactly. But that's our look. But depending on the color choices that you pick, you can make it look modern and really fit it so into crazy. whatever your home's like. And so here's the thing. We keep talking about it, but like if you look around, and we'll obviously have photos for people to see, you know, because this is an audio podcast, but talk about some of the different crafts that there are. So it's boards. It is. So we are a three-hour do-it-yourself wood sign making workshop. So we really do focus on those wood signs. We have a couple other classes like doormats that we do once a month, but our main focus is the three-hour uh, wood sign making workshop. And the great thing is a lot of places you go, you're all making the same thing. Okay. Well, here you're choosing from over 400 projects in the gallery. Some are 18-inch circulars, and some are big, long 12 by 48 porch signs. Okay. Everyone's paying the same price because you're paying for the education of learning how to make the sign, and you just happen to But then it's customized. Right. Right. So some of them are personalized, some are not, but then you choose all of your stain and paint colors during the workshop. So we offer over seven different kinds of stain and 90 different colors of paint. So you can come in and make the same thing as the person Mm -hmm. beside you but make it completely different. Right. Or everyone at your table could be making six completely different things. Now, I see that people have That's wine. Cool. They have drink, uh, other kinds of drinks. They have food. This, these folks over here set up basically a buffet. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's room for... Th- it's charcuterie. <laughs> I, it's char- right. They can make yeah. a charcuterie board here. We get here. very hard right. during these workshops. <laughs> That's right. It's a good point. So, Sorry. We no, say it wrong the decision, time, You though. said you give them a chance to make decisions. We heard you give instructions on how to sand, how to distress... Does the decision-making get easier or more difficult as the wine flows or as the drinks flow throughout the three It hours? really depends on the person. Sometimes they're, give me whatever you want. But, <laughs> so we are BYOB. You can bring.
bring any yeah. drinks or snacks you'd like. But like I said, with the three hours, you are really working on this project. So right. you might come in here and think you're going to drink your whole bottle of wine. Yeah. doesn't happen too nice. much. Yeah. Um, this afternoon, we actually had a Galentine's Day muffins and mimosas workshop. So every once in a while, as a perk to the workshop, we will provide um, some drinks and snacks. And then other than that, some people bring in a full spread and some people just bring in some chips and some sodas. But we've definitely seen some delicious things that we... Spy on the whole time we're here. So we are watching again. Jeff Brazil is, he has almost his entire sign. Look, he has his board face on. Corey, she's like, I'm into this. I thought it was steel panning, but no. Yeah, she's like, we're not doing steel pan. We're crafting. Yeah. (laughs) She banged pretty hard on the wood, like, this is supposed to be a steel pan. Even. Colin's taking a break from taking pictures, and he's staining wood. Everybody's active here. It's really, and it, it as is. you can hear in the background, yeah. everybody's having a good time. Music, couples, Wham, uh, it, Wham was on. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, We try yeah. to play some different music, keep it upbeat. It got a little it's weird so cool. when Jeff uh, put, put on the rubber glove. Yeah. But you know, it, it got a lot. But we'll talk about that when he comes on. Yeah, that's not his yeah. deal. So, and I guess here's the cliche question, right? What's the most commonly? What's the common go-to? Like I saw all over holiday time. I told you some of the North Hills parents were posting that they were here, and you saw a lot of like um, the monogram letter yeah. of their name with you know some kind of holiday background. What's that go-to? Does it seem to be like a family name thing? There's a few actually. We're standing really close to a couple of them. Um, this long monogram right here. So. It's a 12 by 48 with your initial and your family name and established date. That's been really popular. That was in the top five in 2019. And then this quote just down below here, it says, laugh as much as you breathe, love as long as you live. Um, People love that just as a basic decor item in their home. And then we also do a lot of clocks. Um, ah, so you'll see our Christmas clock. I up did here. just look at that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we have um, a more generic clock over there. Um, so it's really something that's functional that they can take home and use. Right now, I think we have six different types of clocks people can wow. make. And I and you have to point out that it's not just one thing; it's a whole saying. You know, they're they're able to come in and craft that whole saying. And I hate to use the word craft; it's like a DIY. Right? Oh, no it's doubt about DIY, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're using crafting. power tools and we're yeah. using hammers. Yeah. Right, I went to put up the Ujaga podcast sign over the, the no, drill. She's like, get the hell away from yeah. there because they use those things. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Right, so speaking of DIY, mm, we have a, a question segue. of the day, so right? we can't thank you enough for having us, obviously. You were worried about 12 minutes. You were perfect. There's so much more we could talk about, <laughs> but we know You're that right. you have to go table to table and talk to people. But before we let you go, can people give you suggestions also on what they want to do, or is it stuff so here? So we do some custom projects. Um, if you can find a sign that just a couple of the words need tweaked, we can usually do that, no problem. If you want something truly custom, there is an additional fee and kind of a process for that. Okay. Um, but like I said, we have over 400 projects in the gallery, so more often than not, people can find something right. um, that they want to do, and then they sign up, and they see everything in the studio when they come, and they're like, okay, I'm making that next time, and that next time, and we have a loyalty. And you have repeats, yeah. We do. We have say. a loyalty program, um, and we've got people that since we've opened have been here double-digit times. So wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And you are open Monday through Saturday. We don't no. have set hours. Our calendar changes every uh, week, every month based on business and when we think people will want to come. We always have public classes Friday and Saturday night. At least one weekend afternoon class, at least one weeknight class, Mm -hmm. and then we fill in, depending on the time of year, more classes in December, less classes in July, and we also fill in with private events. It's awesome, and it's easy to get to. Right. It's easy to get to. Come off of 79. If you're going north or south, get on 910. And if you're a Pittsburgher, it's where the railroad tracks are, where you always forget they are and your car bounces. Yeah, because you're... (laughs) (laughs) Every Pittsburgher knows that railroad track's right here. And the parking's fantastic. I told her, this place is fantastic. So we'll obviously put the location in the show notes, but where can we find you online, on Facebook, on social media? Uh, We're on Facebook under Board & Brush Pittsburgh North. Um, our website is boardandbrush.com backslash Pittsburgh North. Our Instagram is boardandbrushpittsburghnorthpa. So we're out there, and we would love for you to follow along with us and see what we're doing. Leona, he did awesome. This we is just great. need her to answer the question, the question today. Of the day. All right, so DIY is a snazzy term for these crafty people. How about you use what the word you... snazzy? <laughs> snazzy. She's 90. What would your letter <laughs> reference be that describes your hobby? You know, like... My daughter did it like that. What did Addie say she was going to be when you said, what's your DIY? Yeah. And she said, like, Addie the Great, like ATG yeah, or right, something like right. that. What would yours be? What's your hobby? 
Oh, I was just going to say mom on the go. Mom on the go. I like it. Yeah. So I've got four, some little, some not so little. Yeah. So I love it. I still prefer HBIC. Yeah. You're every part of my soul. Forever I do. Part is our guests really didn't know what they were doing because right. we switched it on them. So right. they thought they were playing drums and now they're crafting. Exactly. So, so. But Corey was definitely the biggest supporter because she said, So what? If it's not pan, we'll get down and dirty. You are actually crafting an animal saying, We won't say because we'll show the finished product, but you don't have an animal, so you're going to be crafty yourself and turn it around, right? Yes. Because you know how. Are you a crafter? I do a little bit at home. Okay. Some. Okay. Yeah. Are you opening up your own board and brush? Not today. No. Okay. <laughs> we have Corey, and am I saying it? Wamsley. 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 Uh, I had it said, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I've said it incorrectly. So right. I've known you with your amazing efforts with Inspiring Lives, and we joked when you came in that you took one for the team and played with us for dodgeball almost a year ago <laughs> and certainly have an injury from it, so it's not even funny, but that's what kind of supporter of the Ajagoff podcast and of the Pittsburgh area you are with your charity work and such. So we wanted to have you on because we heard all this buzz about you're on your eighth book. Is that yes. right? Yeah. That's crazy. I know people who haven't written a book, and now right. you're on. And some people whose dads think they should write uh, a book. Well, I told her. I said, right. can I purchase one? And John and I have a feat this yes. year that we have right. to tackle. Right. So, <laughs> so Corey, thanks for coming on. Tell us a little bit about how do you even, I mean, we want to talk about the book, obviously, but how do you get to a point as a writer, as an editor, of even saying it's time to write a book? How does that happen, and how do you know? Um, for me, it was just a constant drive. Um, I grew up always loving to write. I did a little bit of writing in like middle school, you know, just like short stories, poetry, all that kind of stuff. Um, and when I was in grad school, I actually started my first book off of a project we were supposed to do for class. Oh, okay. Um, we were just supposed to be inspired by some artwork, and I took off from there and wrote four books off of it. So it's it's just really how much you want to do with it. You know, when you feel that drive, go for it. I love that. I, the, the funny thing is, is that I know how you get to the, when you write a first book, but how do you tell yourself you need to write a fourth and a fifth book or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, or is it just you, you think of more things to say, or is it because you condensed the first book saying, wait, the first book was going to be 600 pages if I said everything I wanted to. So I'm going to make five books. How do you plan that out? Um, for me, I actually have a story vault on my computer. That's what I call it, is a story vault. Okay. Um, anytime I come up with other things, I write them down. I'm, you know, I Meaning label ideas? it accordingly. Yeah, ideas other ideas okay. um, for stories or, you know, I, I want to write this book in the future. Here's some different things. I have some that are just random stray notes that don't make any sense. I'll go back through it eventually and maybe turn it into another book. Okay. So it literally is that old-fashioned, you know, you talk to a songwriter, you talk to an artist, mm -hmm. you talk to a writer. It's that constant routine every day that if you have that thought, write it down, right? Yes. It used to be a notebook or you said a story vault from your yeah. computer. Is that the advice you would give that even in this day and age where books are still thriving, that that's, that's the common key to continue doing? Um, as far as fiction, yes. I think it's important whenever you have that idea to make sure that you are getting it down. I know some people keep a notepad beside their bed. Um, I like to record notes. Um, like if I get to a stoplight, hit the button on my phone and Me just record too. something. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as nonfiction goes, I think you need a little bit more of a plan before you sit down and write. Um, you're not usually just coming up with thoughts off the top of your head and putting them down until you actually have that structure for your book, know who you want to reach, and all those other wonderful things that I talk about in my book. But you're also a coach. I think that has to be the point, that you're mm -hmm. teaching people the process in which, correct? Yes. Okay. Talk a little bit about that. Obviously not giving away every page yeah. in the book, but give us just a quick synopsis, number one, of why you thought that was important, and number two, what, what those key points would be. Uh, well, I work with a lot of people who are coaches or speakers, people who want to get the word out about their business and about their big ideas, but they... You know, maybe they're missing something. They aren't getting booked for all the things that they want to get into. So, you know, a good way to do that and to gain that instant expert status is to write a book. So when you do have all these things that people are coming to you and saying, hey, I'd love to know about this, I'd love to know about that, um, I think it's important to take those ideas and start getting something to gel from that. Um, okay. Those are some of the things I talk about in the book. How you figure out 
what you want to write about because you don't just right. sit down and start dumping stuff out on the page. You have to have an idea of who you want to reach, what you want them to get out of it, and what you want you yourself, like your business and brand, to get out of it too. Because if you write a book that's intended for a beginner, but you don't work with beginners, you work with people who are um, trying to build a six-figure business, then it's not going to help you very much. So it's about becoming a subject matter expert at this point, right? Yes. You write the book, you become the de facto, maybe, subject matter expert. And mm-hmm. so now you're the subject matter expert about helping people write books about their business. And what's some of the more unique stories you've helped with at this point when someone comes to you and says, boy, I need some help with this? Have what, what's some of the more unique stories of people's businesses? Oh, geez. Um, a lot of people I talk to want to also talk about their personal experiences. Okay. Um, so they'll talk about that and how it relates to business, um, maybe some things that uh, have affected them and how they work with their clients, um, different things that have changed their approach to uh, basically how they live. Um, I have one client who I worked with who uh, she... Her mom decided to uproot them and move to Alaska. So we get this wonderful story about her actually traveling through. And uh, I, I don't remember if she used that in the book, but just going up through and figuring out what they were going to do once they got to Alaska. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And how do you diffuse the questions or the theories that, hey, this is a great idea, but from having done it, no, being in your field, you know, you know what, this isn't. Maybe it's been done before. Mm-hmm. How do you diffuse something like that? Is that part of it as well, where you have to kind of be that voice of reason that maybe redirects people? Yeah, sometimes I do. Uh, I usually tell them to look at what else is available in their industry because you don't want to write exactly the same book. Right. And, of course, your experiences are going to be a little different, but you do want to make sure this is something that people want to read about. You don't want to write a book that nobody really needs. Um, and you want it to be unique. You want it to actually uh, focus on that audience. So it has to be something that's going to appeal to them, and it's not going to make you or the people you're writing about in your book look bad. Right. That's a good point. And do you... Uh does everybody come up with a theme? Your theme is spark. Talk about that, right? Yeah. Um, well, the spark method is something I talk about in the book. It's uh, basically everything that you need to pull together to be able to write your book. And you have all of it except the structure, which is what I bring into it. Uh, I give you the structure and help you figure out you know, what's going to go where, um, what order makes sense. Do you actually want to tell that story? Uh, all those kind of things. That's... That's a lot of what I talk about in the book. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. and it's funny because <clears throat> I pulled from your website a couple of things that you say are important. And one of them that I want to point out is you say you can easily write your book quickly without relying on a ghostwriter and a lot of coffee, which is funny. But a ghostwriter is often somebody who is suggested, right? Mm-hmm. How are you in this day and age where people, everybody wants to write a book, right? Mm-hmm. How are you saying that a ghostwriter really doesn't have to happen? How are you replacing that? Because even as we said, you know, my dad wants me to write a book about his legacy in Pittsburgh, which I definitely want to do. But I'm busy, right? So right. John keeps saying, give somebody your notes. And I, as a, as a writer-ish, I say, I don't know that I could have someone else do that. I need to be the person in control. So talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, a ghostwriter works for some people. And I know a lot of people love working with sure. them, so I don't want to say anything bad about right, it. Right, right. But understand. at the same time, um, it's very different getting somebody's notes and trying to create this story for them. Right. And I've done a little bit of that. I've done a lot of writing. I used to work for the government, so I would do writing for the government. And if I spoke with a scientist, I always sent it back to them and said, is this what you wanted me to say? It makes a a lot longer process because you're trying to interpret the feelings that they have. You're trying to create their tone with with your work if you're ghostwriting. Um, So if, like, let's say you hand that over to a ghostwriter, they're not going to know all the little nuances and they might not even know to ask you, you know, oh, what did you call your grandmother? Or, um, you know, what about this time? Do you have a story about this? But as you're writing, you might think, oh, I need to include that. I need to make sure that I'm mentioning this. Or, you know, when you finish up and you pass it off to somebody, it's your work, too. And that changes how you feel about it. Um, And I think some people want to hide behind a ghostwriter. I think some people want to just pass it off and say, I can't write, and I'm going to hand it to you. But really, I think everybody can sit down and write their story. And I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. But more than a ghostwriter, it's almost like we need a documenter, right? Because as Rachel's driving around for an hour in the car, (laughs) she literally could be not interviewing, but documenting, almost looking for someone to just 
take down. Mm-hmm. I guess these days today, you know, you could really talk into something and it would translate it for yeah. you, right? And you even a said word, you do that with some of your right. ideas, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's maybe that's what we do, right? Yeah. At this point, so do you find that? Do you do you recommend Effective. that? To, because I can't imagine if someone owns a business, if they're deep into their elbows, deep into their business, mm-hmm. that they do have the time to do this. So. Is that what you recommend most of the time? Um, you do what works for you. Okay. So, like, for me, I would much rather record that little note and then go back home and sit down and have quiet time to I write. Okay. I have one client right now who's using, uh, like, a little recorder, and he takes it with him and is recording okay. stuff. Um, I have another client who does her entire book spoken, and then she goes back through to review it. So, you know, if you feel more like... You're going to get your story out by sitting down typing. If that's where you feel more, most comfortable, then that's how you do it. But a lot of people come to me and say, oh, I don't know how to write. I'm like, get a recorder, um, turn on the little microphone app on your phone, like just speak it, mm-hmm. and then you'll be able to type it from there. Yeah. yeah. I love it. So where can they find your book? How can they get in touch for that so that we know how we can direct our audience? Okay. Um, my book is available either in a digital copy for Kindle or as a hard copy on Amazon. Um, you can just search for The Spark Method, How to Write a Book for Your Business Fast. And I also have a launch party coming up on February 27th. It's at 6.30 p.m. at J&D Cellars in uh, the South Hills. And then before we let you go, though, talk to us about Inspiring Lives. How are things going with Inspiring Lives? What can we expect in the next quarter? All that good stuff. Um, Well, we're still going strong. Uh, I think we have our uh, spring issue coming out in March. Okay. It's very exciting. Um, We have... Her name is Danelle Umstead. Okay. Uh, for the cover, she's a skier and she's also blind. So it's a really oh, amazing wow. story. So you want to grab a copy of that. Mm-hmm. And Good you can know. get them at Barnes and Noble, right? You yes, can subscribe it's to available it, at, Barnes at Barnes and Noble, Noble, and it's also available at InspiringLivesMagazine.com. Nice, nice. nice Love it. Guy. Thanks, Corey. Before here we let comes, you go, yeah, this here is, is your question part. of the day. Other than crafting, this is the Other toughest part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, DIY is, and he's making fun of me that I use the word snazzy, but DIY is a snazzy term for crafty people. What what would your letter reference be that describes your hobby? Like if you were like, Corey loves writing, CLW, what is your, because you're a mom, you know, you're an editor, you're a coach, you're writing books. What would yours be? Um, T-M-G-O. Okay. Too much going on. <laughs> Rach, you're painting. I know. John, I know. I know, John. I know. (laughs) You're now painting. Yes. So we won't. And you're painting alongside Jeff Frazilla, whiteboard meteorologist from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he's not whiteboarding now. I'm not. I'm I'm crafting. You're a crafter. I'm a 51-year-old man on a Saturday night. Let's stop there. You're 51. Are you sure? Yes. That's what my birth certificate says. And I'm crafting on a Saturday night. With your jag off. (laughs) With your jag off. It doesn't get any better than that, Jeff. Those are all things that I would have never put in one sentence together. Right. Right? Those are all... And I was dabbing, too. Yeah, literally. You are a dabber. These are all, by the way, LinkedIn uh, badges that you can put up on your LinkedIn, you know, on the Jagoff podcast, dabbing and whiteboard, whiteboarding or whatever, whiteboard weathering. Whiteboarding. Yes. Whiteboarding. I like it. Blackboarding. Snowboarding. Wow. Jeff, okay. we haven't had you on the podcast for over about a year. It's I think a year. We said, right? Yeah, it was it's at Carmella's. But, so we're not at a fireplace. We're, we're doing crafts. So what have you been doing? What's been happening with whiteboard weather since we last talked? Well, whiteboard weather has been, has been doing rather well since last we talked. Yeah. Um, okay. We uh, launched a website, PittsburghWeatherNow.com, yep. April the 1st of 2019. Yep. And that's sort of like the home base for everything that I do on Whiteboard Weather. And then Whiteboard Weather expanded not only beyond Facebook, but Instagram, Twitter, and there's a YouTube channel as well. So I can reach all the kids, man. That's <laughs> it. Channel. That's why you know how Chef, to dab. that's the best part. When we first had you on, literally, I think you were like a month into doing yeah, it. It was, yeah, very, it was very, very early fresh. on. And I love the fact that now, I mean, you are so skilled and so versed. I don't, well, you. You are. No, I'm serious. Like, you, well, first stop, of all. Stop the press. She is way over speaking right now. Because she wants wow. you to say the same thing. Go ahead. She wants you to say the same thing about her crap no. when you return. <laughs> no, I know that you cannot. I know that you cannot. But, I mean, kudos to you because, so you, I mean, you won Pittsburgh Magazine's 
Weather Person of the Year. Yes, uh, I was very, very blessed to have people that have supported me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about just my family, obviously, but right. Pittsburghers that have supported me through this venture uh, in voting for me for Pittsburgh uh, Best of the Berg, Pittsburgh right. Magazine, and then I won the City Paper City Award as That's well. right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, I have been so very blessed. I mean, Pittsburghers take care of Pittsburgh, as we always know, and it's yeah. not that I needed to be taken care of, but I feel so blessed and fortunate that people think enough of what I've done yeah. in Pittsburgh for the last 25 years to, to to kind of give me that accolade you know but, but listen not only that like and I and I mean this as a compliment so don't don't laugh at it when well, John I and I say, don't take this the wrong way <laughs> no. he has a zero percent chance of ever <laughs> being successful how about he says zero percent chance like he's in the middle of the weather report but here's the thing John and I, when we're, so, you know, we do marketing on top of our podcast, right? And when we're in the middle of an idea, we will say, you know, it's crazy how digital works. Yes. We Jeff Brazilla that bitch. We will say that. Like, you took a craft and you said, I don't have to be on TV. That's the reality of it. And look at how it's grown. And it's just proof that that's where people's faces are going, well, right? And, and unbeknownst to me through this venture, I mean, I, I started, as we talked about last year, just being yeah. It was my mistake. It was just me trying to reach the audience that still wanted to hear my voice. And through this venture, I have my eyes have been open to the world of digital media Mm -hmm. and branding and how you reach people now. Yeah. And really, the reality of it is, we all carry our devices with us everywhere that we go, and that's how we stay connected. That's how information is passed: is through a device, through a tablet, or online. Yeah, and and I'm really going to follow up because I had a similar question. Like, as as a traditional uh, broadcasting person, you had to learn the craft of social media. Yes, all of the different channels, because there's not just one, as you just described. So, what was your biggest learning curve in learning social media? Was it the language? Was it the, the medium? Which, which, yes. Yeah. Well, what I do is organic. So the, the presentation uh, was was very easy. It's really just me being me, um, which is actually a little bit of a change from what I used to do on TV because I used to have to follow certain rules and guidelines that were given to me by bosses. Right. Now I don't have anybody that's restraining me, so it's just me being yeah. me. Uh, if I want to say hell, yeah, I could say hell or I don't usually say anything worse, but if I wanted to, I could. Well, and that's a good point, because I don't think I thought of this. Has anybody complained about anything you've said? No, no. Never. No. I love it. Can I say anything on here? Yeah. If I want to say it's cold as shit outside, I can say it's cold as shit outside. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Which is how most people talk. Right now is what right now is what Kathleen Conway's going, shoot, I should have put my headphones on while I'm at CMU. Yeah, right. But but, I mean that part of it came very easy. Learning the technology and how to reach people. I mean, I was a little bit behind the times in uh, knowing how to upload to YouTube and how to take the YouTube link and get it over to Twitter and Instagram. So I have come a long way since then in knowing how to sort of cross-promote through all these different social Mm -hmm. media forms. Uh, and do it effectively. This is exactly why I started the blog way back when. I was a vice president of marketing for a company that uh, I didn't even know what Twitter was all about or Facebook. So when I left, when we all got laid off when they sold the company, I, st- I asked our friend Dan, Dan, how do I write a blog and how do I start Twitter? And that's, I had to get my hands dirty because I didn't know it because other people did it. Yes. You and, know? and that's, yeah. you know, and, and I have, become very social media savvy i think and there's still a lot to learn i mean no i'm still learning other social media forms not so much to do it professionally but just to understand them because yeah. i have 11 and 13 year old mm-hmm. boys mm-hmm. so right. i had to know what tiktok's all about man yeah i was uh, just gonna ask you are you on tiktok i am on tiktok okay do nobody follows me because i don't <laughs> post anything uh but i had to know what it's all about yeah. i want to know what my kids are into mm-hmm. and, and the the things that that they're looking at and the things they could be posting on so it's it's just a matter of really staying yeah. in touch with the times. Yeah. Well, and I think for you, you know, any of the folks who we have interviewed who still have those type of media jobs say, you know, part of our jobs at this point is social media. Mm-hmm. So we're doing our job, whether it's on air, broadcast, whatever, and then we have to keep up that way. So you've sort of figured out a way to say, hey, this is what they're looking for. And, and, and I don't even know if what I'm doing or anyone else that is doing anything similar to mine if that's the quote unquote mm-hmm. the wave of the future sure it's the wave of the present though right. yes. uh, you know I've had so many people that have said to me that they watch me on TV when I was on and say that they 
that's just not the way that they're gathering information anymore. We all have busy lives. I mean, look, if you look around this room, people are in this room on a Saturday night, granted, but there are people here on Tuesday night, Wednesday night. People don't sit around the house and wait for the information to come to them. They take the information with them wherever they're going, whether soccer practice or board and brush or at the hockey rink or at the coffee shop. People are being informed 24-7. And I went and I did um, uh, my son's uh, middle uh, uh, school, fifth, sixth grade school. Uh, it was it was a liter- literacy fest, and I talked to them about social media literacy. And I said, I told them, this is one of my points, is information now is gathered as you go. Whenever the tragedy happened with Kobe Bryant, I was in a hockey rink in upstate New York on a Sunday afternoon. If it had been 30 years ago, I wouldn't have known about that until probably six, seven, eight hours later when I was at home in front of a TV. But at the time, I knew about it within 20 minutes of it happening. And everyone's reaction to it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the way people gather information is my point. And that's why I'm presenting it the way I am. So people have it live when I do it at 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. Or I say at their leisure. Yeah. And that was one of my questions, actually. You started out just 3 p.m., right? Yes. So you, I guess, figured out there's a need for it at a different time. Is yes. that basically... Well... Talk a little bit about that. Where, how are you... How are you taking it to the next level? Is it based on your following feedback? Is it you watching what's happening on TV, on the customary channels? I, I don't watch TV anymore, I'll be honest with okay. you. I do not. Um, I have now switched solely to gathering my information through online. Um, wow. through social media, through websites and whatnot. Uh, I don't watch TV anymore. But the way I sort of uh, expanded and continue to evolve is through my knowledge of what went on in TV and the way people consume information, but now how people consume it, you know, in today's world. So I used to do it at just 3 o'clock right. uh, before the traditional news program started. Then I saw a need, okay, well, we could do one of these at 7 o'clock in the morning. People headed out the door for the day. The two are different. The 3 o'clock is more uh, expansive. I talk about a longer-range forecast when we're talking about weather. The morning is just literally about that morning, maybe a couple nuggets about what's coming ahead later in the week, but it's not that detailed. So there are two sort of different products at different times of day, and I try and serve as, as many people as possible. Yeah. Uh, and it's working. And are you noticing, is there a different audience or is, are the same people tuning in? Or are, are you able to track that? Or is that something you're saying, I really don't care, I just want to get my word out? I don't know. I, I try and track it somewhat. I, I'm still evolving in the whole metrics mm-hmm. and, sure. and understanding same. who's right? watching and, yeah. and, and what age group they're watching. So that is still evolving for me. There are many of the same people that watch at 7 and 3, but there are some that catch one and or the other. And the beauty of it is, I'll still see days after the fact. Somebody I, I do on Fridays, I do a ski report for right. Seven Springs. Mm-hmm. Five days later, people are still watching the ski report from last Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably not, at that point, relatable, the information on Tuesday because it was talking about the weekend before. But still, people just like watching videos. Right. It is a very... A voyeuristic society. People like pictures. They like videos. Well, and you're engaging. You're very engaging. Oh, the way you're, you're too kind. I mean, right. keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep crafting with. So, what is your favorite social media medium to consume information with? I'm, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm probably Twitter and Facebook. I'm on okay. most of the time. Those are the two that I probably troll the most. Okay. Um, Facebook because that's that's probably the centerpiece of whiteboard weather. Uh, so I do. Uh, as regularly as I can, I check a lot of the feedback. I do. I mean, if if I'm getting 600 engagements on a particular post, when I have time, I'll sit down and I'll probably look through a lot of those posts to see what people are, are trying to engage me with, what conversation. And I try and comment back to them whenever possible. Um, and then Twitter is, is probably how I gather a lot of my information. Um, sports world, uh, news world. I'll look at, based on whom I'm following, what information is being put out there. So... You know, I've been watching a lot of um, the political arena mm-hmm. of what's going on. I, I follow through links that I get on Twitter, all the sports stuff I, I consume through Twitter. So uh, that's my information gathering source. Yeah. And I want to go back to, because you talked about the website. What you do on Facebook is one thing, but your website has articles. It has yes. golf articles. Yes. It has ski art. You know, it has a lot more than just weather. Yes. And, and what I do on Facebook is is the seven and three. Yeah. But the website is all-encompassing. I kind of say that's the home base, the mothership 
of everything that I do because everything that I put out on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube ends up on the homepage, mm-hmm. pittsburghweathernow.com. And that is not just weather. Uh, I have photo galleries. We add to the photo galleries every week. And it's when you ask Pittsburghers to send you photos, yeah. they send yeah. you photos, yeah. maybe. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's beautiful. I mean, I love getting them all in. Yeah. So we have a really big photo gallery there. We have, I put fun facts of the day, which is just little nuggets of information, educational videos, sort of winter hacks as we're in winter season. If your car's outside, how do you get the frost off it quickly? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some fun stuff. So I, I, that all goes through the, the the website. Yeah. So I have the I have the dumb. I'm always the dumb question guy. But so my question. No is, such thing as a dumb no question. Just dumb people. <laughs> well, that's me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, listen. Why is it important for a meteorologist to say it's going to be 32 tomorrow and 33 tomorrow or the next day versus just look? I'm a round and figure guy, right? Like it's going to be around low 30s tomorrow. But is it a matter of just determining your own accuracy? Is almost like you're batting like, I average. Hit it. I, yeah, yeah I maybe it's, it, it's probably an egotistical thing, man. If I if I say it's going to be 36 and it's 36, then hey, out of boy, I pat myself on the back. <laughs> I don't toot my own horn, yeah. publicly, but behind the scenes, yeah. I'm like, oh man, nailed it. Man. Your wife is like, oh, <laughs> here he comes, that guy right there, man. <laughs> That's that is funny. so funny. In the meantime, you don't go put your head on the wall when it, oh, it's 34. I said 35. Yeah. Oh, it's a rough. Kids, I would be like just that. go do your homework because yeah. I don't need to talk to anybody. On that day, you know, you, you have that two-degree sort of range ratio there. So you're like, oh, yeah, that was a win. That was a win. <laughs> and I have to ask, too, and similar to you, is the fact that Pittsburgh, more so this year than ever, is experiencing, like, Monday, we're in the summer, and Wednesday, we're freezing. Is that complicating things? Uh, are you feeling like your credibility is like, I really have to tell these people this is how drastic it is? No, I, I mean, you know, and it, quite honestly, I get, now that I've sort of branched off into this whole new world, I get less criticism than I did when I was on I'm TV. I'm sure. People are much more loving, much more forgiving. <laughs> right. Um, and it's amazing when you interact with them how much more forgiving that they're going to be. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Pittsburgh weather is always challenging. Yeah. The one constant this time of year is it's cloudy every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. <laughs> just paste right. a big cloud You're over the Wake up. Right. It's cloudy. Cloudy. <laughs> As I used to say with Denaro, cloudy with a 30% right. chance of showers. That <laughs> is Pretty much so got funny. it covered for the next three weeks. Oh, my God. It's uh, so true, right? No. And, you know, I, I know I sound like a million years old when I say this. Is When I was younger, we had ice rinks in Westview that we would go play on. And there's no winter in the last five that I can remember where we could have a week's worth of an ice rink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we would learn we go play hockey. We've had, I said we've had spurts of winter this yeah. year. Yeah. A day, I think the longest spurt of winter we had was three days in January when it got cold for three days and then it warmed back up. Yeah. Well, and even he said yesterday we were walking on the North Shore from just to our car and I said, I am freezing. He said, you're just not used to it. Yeah. And it is so true. Yeah, we're becoming kind of like a little bit of wusses here because we're not used to the cold. I don't mean to stat drop on you, but that's what I do. We've only had (laughs) five days the entire winter where the temperature's been below 15 degrees or five Nights, I should say. It wasn't even days. We need like a bumper stat drop, stat drop, stat drop. <laughs> and then you walk in. I don't want to get all stat geeky on you. I can if you want listen, to. Listen, guy. you got craft geeky on us tonight. I realize so that. I, 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 I did stat craft geeky. Tell, let's tell everyone how he switched my craft because he right. decided that he wanted well, to drink local. Well, and he convinced uh, me that go. I would like choose kindness. Here yes. We, we're doing... T- uh, He's never seen me drink. That's why. We <laughs> have made three boards here. Yes. yes. One says choose kindness. has a nice little red heart on there. Mm-hmm. Very kind. Very Sweet. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, it, love. Yes, Love's we have one there. that says love with a heart. He'll get to it. Yeah. And we have one that says drink local. <laughs> now, okay. of the three, the one that I saw that was most ap- applicable to yeah. me yeah. was not that I'm not kind and not or that loving. I don't love, but I'm... I love to drink local. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you are so, kind enough and to drink here's local. So I swapped out with Rachel. And <laughs> really the did. part was, this was when uh, Leona came over to chastise, somewhat chastise, and comment on what was occurring. Rachel stood back and let you hold her really board did. and take <laughs> the heat, yeah. which was yeah. really what and happened you here. And you took my <laughs> I, 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 that's, that's how I roll. You that's how I roll. You just because I have it. love and I choose kindness. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, please. Jeff, uh, we could have him on every week. I know, I know. Seriously, God. you're so much fun. Uh, Kudos to you. I love what you're doing. I love seeing you grow, and I hope and it And we appreciate you Likewise. taking time to come hang out with us. I mean, I, I mean, you I mean hey, anytime you guys call, man, uh, I'm there. We, we appreciate it. it. Oh, call you don't me, know what's next. I'll be there. I'll be there. You, saw, you, you said you needed there. somebody to sing. 
of your soda, honey. <laughs> well, Jackson 5 over here. We got the steps down and everything. Oh my God. We there. don't. We don't have the steps down. Jeff, <laughs> we want to know where everybody can find you. But first question of the day. Okay. DIY is that term for crafty people. Do it yourself, right? What would your letter... Uh, I thought you were going to ask me what DIY stood for. I got this, baby. I got this. He had his finger on the buzzer. (laughs) (laughs) What would your letter reference be that describes your hobby? Um, (laughs) Does that have to be an acronym? (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah, because I'm HBIC, head bitch in charge. Okay. John is P-I-T-A, pain in the ass. You are... Peter. L... M. What? No. N O P. Laughing my ass off. M A O. L M A O. L M A O. That's been done. Well, but he's a W G J. Weather guy Jeff. I don't know. Oh, look. She's like W B W is whiteboard weather. She's like yeah. She's like Jeff. You did it wrong. Redo this. Redo this. What we could do? She's the red pen podcast. You be an original bastard. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's more like it. Kathleen Conway. Put your headphones back on at, at CMU. Yeah, she I've always never t- heard a weatherman curse this much. My God. Well, Kathleen tells us she it. listens to the podcast and she says you guys have to put an e on when you because she listens to it out loud at mm-hmm. CMU when she's working. Yeah, so, that's so yeah. true. We'll have to tell her make sure she listens to it with her headphones on. So Jeff can't thank you enough for coming. Thank, thank you for with having us here. me. Yes, and you're always so much fun. We really, really likewise, appreciate likewise. it. Yeah, we likewise. miss I you. Love you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When I was lost, you rescued me. Restored my So as we know, musicians are crucial on this podcast. We love to highlight Pittsburgh musicians because let's face it, Pittsburgh really does pump out some great ones. And and the music scene is still booming here. Yeah. Except the guy we're about to talk to kind of travels back and forth to Georgia and right. <laughs> all kinds of other places. So that means you really made it, right? right. Justin Fabus, we're saying it right, correct? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think if, if anything, if you want to get your your name or your, uh, you know, music out there, you have to go out there and play for venues and people that, you know, that love your music. Yeah. Well, and so before we, first of all, you have missed our big night of, of not crafting. What is it? Do it yourself. Yeah. Yes. Do, where you stress wood, then you paint it with some stuff and then you paint stuff on it. And then you're, if yeah, you're you Rachel. Yeah, you guys were, uh, real jag offs for not You're in a much better and right. warmer place. Right. Trust me. <laughs> it's actually freezing here. Oh, no. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're in so shorts scary. today. We're in shorts yeah. today because, you're in uh, shorts today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's one of us. Like, 30 degrees, 40 degrees. Yeah. Oh, wow. it's, it's terrible. So before we start uh, really into all the details, let's give some of your credits. You are opening for Billy Gilman on February 27th at the Craft House stage. You've uh, been to Children's Hospital. You just told us before we started recording, you're on the Bubba Show Ghost Hunt. And, and so you were uh, with Jeff Rizzilla, who was on a pod- right. on the podcast that, today. That right? would have been an yeah. awesome thing. Cool. And uh, your new manager is a guy we know, Tom Dowd from Pittsburgh, uh, who, work, who we work with with Wahlburgers. And uh, I don't it was know. meant to be, Justin. Right. And uh, Julie Grant is your fiance, and the topic of your new song that you just released, February fourteenth. That. Right. That's right. That's right. All right. Tell us a little bit about the song. Why is it so important to? Uh, was there some significance in the fact that it was Valentine's Day that it was released? And I would suggest you say yes because we have a lot of female listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have to be honest. You know, before I, you know, met Julie, you know, I kind of you know definitely lived up to the rock and roll lifestyle and, sure. and uh you know was living in the fast lane and pretty destructive and and uh, when we met um you know she really kind of like got me to take a breath and really enjoy the moments and then kind of give me to walk a straighter path and and uh, you know i'm very appreciative of that you know i've never really met anybody um you know to be able to kind of do that and, and when i met her i knew she was you know, extraordinary from the things I heard. But when I first met her, it was it kind of blew me away. I kind of had to pinch myself because she didn't seem real. Aww. And then when we started dating, it was just like, okay, when's the other leg? You know, when's the other foot going to drop? <laughs> this is just too, just, you know, you know, and just with anybody that's been in really terrible relationships in the past, you know, you kind of get a little jaded. Sure. And uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, dating's rough and, and especially with, you know, being on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, so when I met her, it was like, you know, unbelievable, it was a, you know, a breath of fresh air. And 
So I come from a place where when it comes from writing songs, you know, I'll never write songs that I haven't experienced or haven't lived. A lot of people, especially since I'm from Pittsburgh, say, like, how does that work? How can you be a country artist and be from Pittsburgh? It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. work. And I always laugh because it doesn't get more blue collar than country music and it doesn't get more blue collar than Pittsburgh. <laughs> True. Um, so uh, I call people a real jag off when they tell me that. So, <laughs> I love that uh, you're saying that. Yeah, so and um, but uh, you know I've I'll never write from experiences that I haven't lived. So like you know even though I'm a country artist, you know I'll never write songs about you know being on a John Deere tractor or yeah. you know bailing hay. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. Or sitting on the tailgate. Um, and those songs are great. But I, you know if I sang those songs. People would completely know I'm full. You know, are yeah. we going to swear on this podcast or not? Yeah, you could listen. The way we dropped, uh, we typically go PG, but the way we we're already having an explicit rating from last night's. Uh... <laughs> I was going to say we haven't never been asked that many times if you right. if you can right. swear a little bit. But... but yeah, you go right ahead. We'll take care of it. <laughs> okay. Well, people would know, especially P- Pittsburgh people. They'll know you're full of shit, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, right. So you know, if I sang a song about waking up and and jumping on my John Deere tractor, and you know. It just wouldn't work, right. you know, and people would know I'm full of shit. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm always going to write songs from the heart. And, you know, people ask me, you know, like, was it easy to write this song, you know, about Julie? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. When you're in love and you have someone you care about so much, it, it, things come easy when you talk about them. Mm-hmm. So when I wrote this song, you know, I wrote it in about a half an hour. And sometimes when I write songs, it could take, you know, weeks or months. And, and But this song just kind of flowed. And, and um, you know, to be engaged is, you know, you know, a very special moment. And it was, you know, it just kind of worked out great that, you know, the, the song was done and we were trying to pick a release date. And it was like, well, you know, Friday landed on a, uh, Valentine's Day this year. So, you know, Friday is when you release new music. And right. uh, so it was it was perfect opportunity. Nice. So tell us a little bit about Julie's on Court TV now. You're traveling the country doing things. How do you guys stay connected? Well, we, I mean, we talk every day, we FaceTime every day, and we try to at least, you know, at least when I don't have shows, like, see each other on the weekends, uh, or, you know, during the week, so we're, we're flying back and forth, you know, I'm sometimes here in Atlanta one weekend, and she's in Pittsburgh the next weekend, and she's flying to meet me in Vegas, um, taking her to see Cher in Vegas, so we're excited about that, so. Okay, destroy um, the curve wow. for the rest of us yeah, guys. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, but so we're really excited. So, like, you know, a lot of times when I, when I'm doing something like in Vegas or, uh, you know, I'm doing an event, a charity event in April in LA, uh, you know, she'll, she'll meet me there or she's doing an event. I'll try to meet her there as long as like our schedules meet up. So it keeps things fresh. It keeps things exciting, but it is, it is hard, uh, to not be able to come home every day and see your partner. I mean, it's definitely rough. For sure. But it's for the greater good because you're both doing what you love and, you know, you've already kind of said it's meant to be. Absolutely. I love it. Well, and I have to ask, I mean, follow-up is, what is her take on the fact of knowing that this song is about her? Oh, uh, she loves it. You know, yeah. the first time I I, uh, I played it for her, she, she cried. And it's kind of funny. Like, we were joking for Valentine's Day. I said, do I really need to get you something? I wrote a song that the world's going to hear. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, no, uh, you you course, done good. <laughs> you know, yeah, I still had to send flowers. You know, any guy that knows better, you know, even though they say they don't want flowers on Valentine's Day, you don't want to be that. <laughs> doesn't send exactly. So yeah, yeah. We're hoping my husband listens to this episode. Just saying. <laughs> right now, every guy is in Pittsburgh is hating me right now. Like, oh, there's no question. Yes. Yeah, they're lining a up to figure out asshole. where you're at. No question. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you brought something else up that was going to be my follow up question, but you touched on it. You know, Pittsburgh is becoming known for some country artists, and you're right. You know, for so long there was that stigma that it was all South. It was Tennessee. It was Georgia. It was you know those those down home kind of places and now it's becoming a genre of its own where it's not just tractors and twangy stuff anymore talk a little right. bit about what you know wh- when did that really start to happen and when did pittsburgh feel it well i think you know we have to really give a lot of credit to you know some of the bigger country artists like kenny chesney coming every year mm-hmm. um and just you know these these huge country artists that that took note of pittsburgh and realized like hey there's a great fan base here Right. And I true. think people realize that, you know, you know, in Pittsburgh, we love, you know, homegrown and, and we love our blue collar people. And it, it right. was, in the end, it's all about the songwriting. I mean, you, you could take, you know, I'm a huge fan of all different kinds of music. You know, I grew up on country music, but I also grew up on singer songwriters and, and rock artists and classic rock and R&B. And and, and um, so I'm a huge fans of like Sam 
Cook and, and Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen. So you could put a Billy Joel or a Bruce Springsteen song uh, and put that against, you know, some steel guitar yep. and some fiddle. And you'd go, OK, this is a country song just because the words in the song. Sure. And um, so I think, you know, you know, Pittsburgh's always, I think, loved country music. And and I think it just started to grow from there. And, and guys like Kenny Chesney and, and, and Tim McGraw <clears throat> coming every year and just building that. And now it's like every country artist that goes on tour always makes a stop in Pittsburgh because, mm-hmm. you know, our fans. fan base here, you know, when it comes to sports, you know, we're the greatest, you know, you know, fans in the world. And I think, you know, it's starting to get that way when it comes to music as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, country artists, I've you know worked with a lot of huge country artists have opened up for some bigger country artists and they always say how much they love playing in Pittsburgh because how, how much those people appreciate them coming there. And you can't fail to mention Dan and Shay. No, not at all. I, I mean, mean, you know, crazy. those guys are, are doing huge things. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. writing huge songs, songs of the year, you know, winning Grammys, winning CMA awards. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, and you guys, know, again, only one of them is from, to right. And only one of them is from Pittsburgh, but you know, Pittsburgh, they claim the entire yeah, thing. Right. right. Birth, right yeah. Dan and, Jay. And, and I love the fact <laughs> that there's Pittsburgh, this, yeah, they're Yenzers all the way. They're the classic example of people think they came up overnight. Mm-hmm. Right. They just kind of turned into something. I mean, they certainly once they hit the the treadmill, they were running. But uh, you're, you know, you you know, you understand the game of this isn't anything. They didn't do anything overnight. No, it's it's definitely it's 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 not a race. It's definitely a marathon. I mean, I've been doing it for now for you know almost twenty years now. So, uh, and it took you know a a while for me just to get my name out there. And and, you know, because when I started, um, you know, country music really kind of wasn't very welcomed in pittsburgh yeah. uh you know it just you know and that's just the way it was and uh but now i think with with the you know the growing of of country music i mean it's it's got more pop elements now sure uh, and it's just you know it's just so universal uh it's given you know artists like me an opportunity to branch out in pittsburgh but the cool thing is now when i tell people from i'm from pittsburgh you know you know it goes both ways you know people kind of give me a weird look but then they're like okay it works yeah, uh, you know. So once I explain to them, like, hey, you know, stop being a jag off and you know, listen to my <laughs> I music. Love it. You know what I mean? So right. um, it's funny. I was working out. You know, I, being in so many different states, you know, I like using the word jag off. You know, I'm from Pittsburgh, and for right. people that aren't from Pittsburgh, they look at you like, what the hell does that mean? You know what I mean? And I was working out this morning with my fiance, and we were doing a class. And uh, the, the instructor asked one of the persons, like, how many do you want to do? And they're like, thirty. And I forgot where I was, and I was like, oh, what? What a jag off, you know. What I mean? like, <laughs> you know, it's like, give me a break here, you know. But um, yeah, you know, there's there's no better place to be from Pittsburgh. I'm very proud of oh, people ask me that. where you're from. Yeah. yeah. Well, we appreciate the fact that Dustin reached out to us and uh, we got you on. But there's no doubt about it. When you're coming through here again, we need to get you on the podcast For and come sure. to one of our porch tours, yeah, and play or yeah, whatever yeah. in the summer. So, but you're stuck now, brother. <laughs> right. We and they gave us your home address now, so we're gonna <laughs> be waiting when you get home. So. Yeah. Come yeah. on over. You guys can stay there while while I'm not in town. Yeah, all right. Okay. Right. Sounds good. Before we let you go, we want to know where everybody can find you on social media, internet, all that kind of stuff. But we also have a question of the day. So go ahead and hit us with where we can find you. Yeah, my website is justinfabus.com and um, all my social media handles are the Justin Fabus. Perfect. Oh, that's nice and easy, Justin. The. Perfect. The, yeah. Yeah, not to, not to sound like 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 an asshole, but <laughs> Justin Fabus was taken. So I, I sometimes, you know, I was like, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to sound pompous. I just, that no. was the best one thing that was available. So. Gotcha. No worries. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's the question of the day. As you know, we were, we're not going to say crafting because crafting could be like, coloring and you know silly easy little color forms this was do it yourself you know roll your sleeves up kind of thing so in the in the crafting world though they call it diy do it yourself what are the three letters or the acronym that would best describe you oh geez i mean how about (laughs) (laughs) tjb justin (laughs) tjf there you go, yeah. Uh, or a lot of people call me JFB. JFP? Um, Justin Fabus Band, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so, that works. Yeah, my, my fiance likes to call me JFB. So, uh, yeah, we'll go with that. All right. I'm I love it. Nice collaboration. Justin, thank you very much for this. And uh, as we uh, as we end this and wrap up our thank yous, they'll be hearing the rest of your song. And uh, good luck with it. Let us know, when you again, when you're coming through Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Rorik Honda has over 200 new and almost 50 pre-owned vehicles waiting to be test-driven. The Pilot is the largest size Honda vehicle, combines with nimble handling to make for a smooth drive, no matter these weather conditions. Both the Honda Pilot and the Honda Ridgeline are great for driving in the snow. Visit Rorik.com for all of your vehicle needs. Come on.